setting of the novel The Secret Life of Bees is south of here in the mid-1960s. The main character is Lily Owens, whose mother had died ten years earlier when she was four. Since then, she had been suffering from the verbal and physical abuse of her father, Terrence Ray, and because she felt like he didn't deserve the title dad, she called him T-Ray. Lily realized, even at age 14, that the cost of change with its mysterious future was less than the cost of staying in the abusive situation with her father. And so she runs away. She moves southward and forward with her 14-year-old life, and as she does so, from time to time, she wonders whether if she did encounter her father again, if she did go home, would things be different? Would he show her love and affection like girls want their daddies to do? Would he have changed? Would he actually act like he wanted to have her around? Well, at length, T-Ray finds Lily, living and working with some beekeeping sisters in South Carolina. And now he is given the opportunity to change his course and to think more about his child than he does about himself. Well, in a way, this is Joseph's choice as well. Joseph is described as a righteous man. He was a law-abiding Jew. We can only imagine then what he felt when he learned about Mary. In a couple's engagement, as in marriage, fidelity is expected, and now she is with child. Well, that must have been adultery. As a law-abiding Jew then, Joseph could have chosen to go with the law that said, I will send this woman out and people can throw rocks at her until she dies. She could be stoned to death for adultery. Instead, he chose to dismiss her quietly, we are told, to go with divorce instead of death. To him, he, this appears to be the mercifully righteous choice. And then he would let Mary's family deal with the issue of her morals. He no longer would have to. So in the first two verses of today's passage, Joseph is a standard for mercy. And we try to be as good as he We find ourselves in situations that are uncomfortable, and so we quietly back out and leave others then to deal with the dirty parts of the issues, the difficult parts. It's easier that way. It's easier than becoming involved with something challenging. It's easier than trying to change the status quo. It's easier than dreaming. 
I wonder whether we would have made comments similar to these were we in this situation. In 1989, sorry, in 1889, the Literary Digest publishes this statement. The ordinary horseless carriage is at present a luxury for the wealthy. And although its price will probably fall in the near future, it will never, of course, come into as common use as the bicycle. Twelve years later, it's 1901, and Popular Science publishes an article that says, As a means of rapid transit, aerial navigation could not begin to compete with the railroad. 1926, scientist and inventor Lee DeForest says this about television. While theoretically and technically television may be feasible, commercially and financially, I consider it an impossibility, a development of which we need not waste time dreaming. It's easier to just divorce ourselves from the situation and let other people handle things. Parents do this with children, hoping they'll learn to behave by themselves even when we don't follow through on discipline. When workers divorce themselves from their job responsibilities... They can expect to find themselves holding a cardboard box and looking out the back door. And it even happens in church when we see something that needs to be done and say, someone needs to take care of that as we walk on by. Well, Joseph, already carrying a banner for mercy, learns that that's not enough. As for us, Joseph's view needs to be broadened. Now for him, he has a divine motivation. An angel appearing to him in a dream. Now, as we know, angels are messengers from God. And while in the Christmas stories they bring messages of joy and hope... Sometimes in the Bible, they also have brought messages or do, of doom. And so it's significant when the angel says, do not be afraid. Joseph is to be afraid neither of the angel nor of the message that God still wants Joseph to take Mary as his wife. Forget the divorce papers. Tear them up. By God's mercy and grace, the angel is saying to Joseph, you are now involved in something greater than yourself. Something greater than your reputation. Something greater than your family. You, Joseph, are invited to be involved in God's new entrance into the world. Now, what would happen if we truly saw ourselves involved in God's entrance into the world? Would that make a difference in the things we did or the things that we don't do? It seems like that would make us take responsibility for picking up a piece of trash or for taking interest in a person who's different from us or in disciplining other people's children even when they misbehave. Now, 
if you take that as an invitation, I invite you to do that. If I think Brian is taking care of our kids and Brian thinks they're with me and they're actually running out the back door into the alley, well, do you know that I'm hoping that you will keep them from running out in front of a car? And do you know that I'm hoping that you will actually scold them for not looking both ways when they do that? Yes. What we need, I think, is a greater sense of security that we are taking care of each other. Now, that will help the kids to know that they are being watched out for. That will help the kids to feel secure, and it will help me to feel secure as well. Everyone benefits when we take responsibility beyond our own individuality. And yet to change our ways and to take risks, we need to have a strong enough motivation. There is a 60-year-old father of five, five very career-oriented children. And all five of them and their spouses were gathered around the table. They were getting, to, getting ready to celebrate their Christmas meal. And the father had been thinking about what he might say, and this is sort of what came out, was, we're together, and I really want these gatherings to continue and enlarge. And so he says, I will establish a $50,000 trust fund for my first grandchild. So, let's pray. And so they bow their heads. And after a heartfelt prayer and saying amen, the father looks up and it's only him and his wife at the table. (laughs) Motivation. Money can be a strong motivation to change our lives. You see how many people put dollars towards the lottery. But what motivates you? I mean, think about that for yourself. What would motivate you to move out of a rut that you currently feel yourself experiencing and into a more positive, even if more mysterious, direction? Would it be receiving some sort of gift? Is that what motivates you? Is it words of affirmation and trust? Is that what motivates you? The cost of changing our ruts has to be greater, has to be less, sorry, the cost of changing the ruts that we're in has to be less than the cost of of staying the same. People stay in abusive relationships because change means mystery. With their abuser, they know what the future holds. Without their abuser, the future is mysterious. So they stay. And then there are others, people who have had brushes with sickness or death. And they find that that's a reason to change. Because if they don't, they'll die. Whether it's a heart attack or who knows what. Change my diet. Change my exercise. Death. Hmm. 
it's really not as hard. Well, it is hard. But on the outside, it's an obvious decision. Joseph knew that the town gossip's tongues would wag no matter what he chose. But having heard God's message and chosen to believe God's message, the cost of divorce was greater than the cost of following God. So it's a woman's prerogative to change her mind. And yet it's also a man's prerogative to change his mind. When faced with the combination of an unknown future and obedience to God, Joseph chose to go with that mystery because he trusted God. Back to that short novel, The Secret Life of Bees. Lily, the young girl's father, T. Ray, was now in the small living room of the place that Lily had begun to call home. And he was face to face with a choice. He had come to retrieve his daughter, but now he saw that she was in better hands here. And the beekeeping sister named August told T. Ray that he would be doing them all a favor by leaving Lily where she was. They would care for her. They would see to her education. There was a pause. And T. Ray changed his mind. He made the wiser choice. Lily noted that she had heard August say more than once, If you need something from somebody... Always give that person a way to hand it to you. If you need something from somebody, always give that person a way to hand it to you. Well, God needs something from each of us. God needed Joseph's help with this new plan of setting foot into the world. God needed Joseph as the father and caretaker for this coming child whom he would label Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And so when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He did it. When he changed his mind, he changed the course of history. Now God needs you for something special and unique, something that nobody but you can effect. What could it be? As we continue to prepare for Christ's new arrival, let us dream with God. Let us be willing to change our minds and our ways to be obedient like Joseph. Let's pray. Lord God, you have spoken to your servants in countless ways through the years. Speak to us now.
Help us, O God, to know how we can fulfill your needs in this world. Give us courage. Give us wisdom. Give us vision to see how we can effect change for your kingdom, to bring along your new kingdom and the peace that will accompany it. We pray in the name of our Lord Christ. Amen.